speaking on day one overflow conference on the topic arise and pray things are getting bad arise and pray things are getting bad and my foundation text is from Luke chapter 22, I'll do the 29 to 46. We will do a bit of scripture to lay the foundation so that we can fly. Hallelujah. Our papa in the house has done a good job, so I'm only coming to do a white paint. Hallelujah. Here we are told by the scripture, Project, are you with me? I do NIV. I'm doing NIV. Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives and his disciples followed him. Luke 22, 39. We will come here, but let's see. Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives and his disciples followed him. So if you are reading from your Bible, I want you to underline as usual. 29. Let's stay with the 29. Let, sorry, 39. Jesus went out as usual. And I want you to understand as usual. It means it is something that he does all the time. He does all the time. He likes going to the Mount of Olives. And his disciples followed him. 40. On reaching the place, he said to them, Pray that you will not fall into temptation. Pray that you will not fall into temptation. In other words, prayer prevents you from falling into temptation. When you are prayerless, your temptations will compound. When you are prayerless, there will be troubles and issues around you. And especially as teen youth, young adults, the temptation is higher. So what I'm trying to say is that you must have a consistent prayer life. You must have a consistent prayer life. It is not a prayer that you pray tonight and then tomorrow you are off. And then the next time, I am tired. And then another time, I am busy. And then another time, I am holiday. And then another time, I have something else to do. What he's saying is that if you want to stay out of temptation, you must, of a necessity, pray. Now you will remember, let me digress a little bit, in Matthew chapter 6, the verse 13 in the Lord's prayer, our Father who art in heaven, when you get to the 13, we are said, we are told, and lead us not into temptation. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So, temptation and evil are cousins. They work together. They work together. Hallelujah. When you fall into temptation, evil is next to show up. Hallelujah. 
And so as a young person, young adult, whether you are young or you are old, you need to pray to stay out of temptation, to stay out of trouble. Hallelujah. Let's continue. We go back to the 13 and 40. And he revealed about a stone throw beyond them, knelt down and said a prayer. Continue. Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but your will. As a believer, you must endeavor to do the will of God. You must do the will of God. In other words, you must always check whether what you are doing is in the will. Not just the will, but in the perfect will of God. There are different types of wills of God. We have the perfect will and then we have the permissive will. Where God allows you to do your own stuff. Hallelujah. For instance, as a young person, if you see somebody and want to marry them, you can decide to go ahead with your choice. Or you ask, Father, is this person in your will for me? Are you with me? I am saying that when you meet someone that you fall in love. I always told my, 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 my youth in the church, don't fall in love when you meet somebody. Stand and open your eyes. Because when you fall in love, you will lose your thinking abilities. Your wisdom will disappear. Your eyes will go blind. And even when your pastor is telling you the obvious, you will defend. So never fall in love. Never fall in love, never fall in love, never fall in love. You fall in love later when you are at the altar. You fall in love at the altar. Hello? I say hello. Because when you fall in love before the altar, you can do some foolish stuff. You can misbehave. Am I stepping on toes? I'm, I'm preaching. Oh. Hallelujah. So never fall in love. Always have your eyes open. Fall in love with Jesus, and then he will guide you. Hallelujah. An angel came from heaven, appeared to him, and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly. Now stay with me on this, because this is where we are going to do all the acrobatics. Hallelujah. You will notice that Jesus did not just pray, but the prayer was earnest. It was energetic. It was vibrating. It was with vigor. Not just standing there and doing sign of the cross. Or your hand in your pocket. Da, 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 da. And then you are checking what's up. No. The guy was endlessly praying. He was endlessly praying. Hallelujah. Now look. In on your phone and check the word for earnest. Check the meaning of earnest. That is the next level of prayer life that you need to inculcate. That you need to develop. Are you with me? And being in anguish, he prayed. When you are in anguish, when you are in pain, when you are sorrowful, when you are feeling down, when you are feeling depressed, which you are not supposed to in the first place, you do not cry, you pray. The antidote to depression and feeling sorrow and feeling down is prayer. And Jesus, being in anguish, prayed even more earnestly. Prayed with energy. 
<laughs> hallelujah. I say hallelujah. He was in anguish. He was sorrowful. He was down. But his antidote to feeling sorrowful and down was to kick into prayer. And he just not pray, but he prayed more earnestly, more with energy. And it is something that I have pushed and pushed and pushed in our church. When you come and we are praying, you will think we are doing karate exercise. The place is dramatic. Because it creates an atmosphere. An atmosphere that is contagious. An atmosphere that will challenge somebody standing. Hey, what am I doing? Look at the way the sister is praying. Look at the way the brother is praying. Hey, I need to arise and sit up. Hello? Tell your neighbor, wake up. Don't sleep, don't sleep, don't sleep. Tell your neighbor, not sleep, don't sleep, don't sleep, don't sleep. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly. Now, we are also told in James chapter 5, the verse 17, that Elijah was a human being like you and I, but he also did what? He also prayed earnestly. So, in the Old Testament, they prayed earnestly. And in the New Testament with Jesus, Jesus prayed even more earnestly. In other words, Jesus prayed more energetically than the prophets. And he's Jesus. He's Jesus. And he prayed earnestly. So how much more you, flesh and blood? And you are sleeping. And you are whatsapping. And you are TikToking. And, 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 and you are Instagramming. And you are Facebooking. And you are not praying. And you are not praying. And you are spending three hours on Netflix. Oh! Hey! Hey, I told you the man of God has done, the house have done a good job. I'm only here to white paint what, what has been done. Hallelujah. One of the tools that the enemy is using against our generation is social media. The enemy has time. Oh, he's a demon. He has time. He can wait for 20 years to weaken you and bring you down. And once he's weakening you, you will not identify because you think you are going and coming and everything is okay and you are in employment and you have your purpose and you are in a good job and your bank account is fat and it's looking okay and you yourself, your triceps and your biceps and and everything is okay. He can wait for you for 20 years and 25 years after he has finished the grand works. And you blow a wicked wind at you. A wicked wind. And by the time you realize you are on the floor, your certificate will not help you. Your bank account will not help you. Your beauty will not help you. Except the prayer foundation that you have built. Accept the prayer foundation that you have built. And so tonight I am here to encourage you and to challenge you and to dare you to be a praying person. Now, in this same scripture, if you cross over to the Matthew account, the Matthew account tells us that Jesus with his disciples, he went forwards to pray. He came back, he found them sleeping. He went again and came back and found them sleeping. He went again and came back a third time and found them sleeping. And he asked them, could you not tarry with me for one hour? Which means that the basic 
hours of time of your prayer is one hour. If your prayer is not up to one hour, that means you are playing. Yeah. Your minimum. Could you not? It's a question. That you do the barest minimum. The basic. If you are not doing at all. One hour. Oh. Especially when they are. I've seen people who don't understand Korean language. Watching series in Korea. Hello? I've seen people who don't understand Indian, Indian, Hindi, and they are watching Indian movies without any uh, what, uh, uh, subtitle, but they are watching. Magicians. Ha! And by the time you realize once one series is about how many episodes? About 14 episodes. With a minimum of 48 minutes or 50 minutes. And that is just one series. And there are about five series. So multiply 12 or 14 by 48 times the number of... And you can tell. And sometimes they can do this from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. And when they, have, when they are going to work, they can watch and go to work. And it is okay. But when you keep them in church over a minute, 30 seconds, and then they are complaining. Oh, this day, they keep long, they keep long, they keep long, they keep long, they keep long. And yet, they will go home and waste the time on Uncle Netflix. Uncle Netflix, Uncle Google. And then they are moving. And I hear face, uh, YouTube is a, is a woman. So that's an anti-YouTube. Anti I hear. I heard some from somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they produce stuff there. Hallelujah. Now, stem this scripture that we are talking about. Let's continue. And being in anguish, he did that. And let's continue to the verse. 45, when he rose from prayer and went back to the disciples, he found them asleep. They were with him, but they were not with him. You are with Apostle Chris and Mama Gloria, but you are not with them. Because you are not doing the very things that they are doing. You are around them and you are pretending. But when the reality bites, you are not there asleep. 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 Amen. When they need you to pray with them, you are asleep. Instead of coming to honor, you are you are TikToking. You you are joining. Oh. Me, I don't send link. You are either in or you are out. Because Jesus said, if you are not gathering with me, you are against me. Praise the Lord. When he rose from prayer, he went back to his disciples and he found them asleep. Exhausted from sorrow. Exhausted. Something that is irrelevant and important has worn them out. Question. 
What is wearing you out? What is wearing you out? What is breaking your bones? What is breaking your spirit? What is pushing you against the church and the commitment? What is it? What is going on in your mind? What's going on in your mind? Who are you hanging out with? Who are you hanging out with? Hallelujah. My, in, in my church, if you are a young, young person, I want to know who you are hanging out with. No, because the Bible says I will give an account over you. So I'm, I have the permission and the legality to invade your private life. No, I'll, I'll give account. I'll sign up. When I signed up as a pastor, God will ask me about you and you and you and you and you. So you have no right to tell me it's your private life. You don't have that right. Your private life is my life, it's my responsibility. It, my, my, my going to hell or heaven is based on you. So how dare you tell me it's your private life? You don't have a private life. The day you walk in through that door and you sign up to be a member of this church, you, you, you relinquish your private life. You relinquish your private life. I can tell you you marry this one or you marry that one or you are not ready. Oh, I can tell you. Oh, I can tell you. Oh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Oh, I, I easily, I'll tell you easily. Ask my wife. I, I will break your heart and I'll come and console you. Who will break it? Who will break it? Hello? I think you are in love with me already. Praise the living. Give the Lord a clap. Give the Lord a clap. Hallelujah. Get up and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. And I told you earlier that temptation goes with evil. Temptation works with evil. Amen. Now, let me take you to the Old Testament in Proverbs chapter 4, the verse 16. Why evil is, is very, very important and you have to be a praying person. And then from there, we'll come back into the Luke 20, 22 and then we'll do the verse 28. So stay with me, projector team. You are doing very well. For they cannot rest until they do evil. There are some people on this earth that they can never sleep until they see you destroyed. Until they see you fail. I am not saying it. The scripture says it. It says, for they cannot rest until they do evil. They are robbed of sleep until they make someone stumble. They are are job. They are job. Don't forget that the, the devil who is a consistent, outstanding politician. He said, I came to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And he has never changed that manifesto. He's still with it. And he's making sure that that manifesto come to pass. If the devil was a politician in our time, you win every election. He's consistent. And he's forceful. And he's detailed. He sticks to it. 
So in terms of credibility, in that angle, he has it. But Jesus said, I have come that you have life and have it more abundantly. And that is the reason why we have run unto Christ. And so the devil has some children and some agents who are doing some hard work for him. And Jesus has told you that your weapon against him is prayer. That is the reason why you can be a child of God and you are serving God and you go through issues because you are prayerless. Because you are not using the weapon. If you have a house and you are in your house and armed robbers come to your house and you have a gun and you do not shoot the gun, they will kill you. So your prayer is your weapon against the enemy and you are not shooting it. You are not shooting. So they see you as a toothless bulldog. A big dog and don't bite. Because whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. The heavens are waiting for you to bind. And you are not binding. And you are crying. Ask your neighbor, why are you not binding? Why are you not binding? We shall be binding very soon. You will bind some nonsense. All the nonsense that is going on in your life, you have to bind the devil out. Are you with me? Clap for Jesus, clap for Jesus, clap for Jesus. Oh, a louder clap, a louder clap. <laughs> Hallelujah. Verse 16, let's look at the verse 17. They eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. So these are people, they are like the Amas, Amas people. They, they eat the bread of sorrow and violence. That is what they do. When you think, ah, what are they doing? They are, they are only eating. They are surviving. They survive by bringing you down. They are doing their job. They are doing their job. Listen, the fact that you are nice and respectful and your life is full of protocol and decorum does not mean the enemy will not attack you. Hello? The enemy's agenda is to finish you. Your responsibility is to put him away. That responsibility is on you. It's not on God. That's why God gave you prayer. Amen. I say amen. Let, 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 let me shock you by going back. Let's go back to Luke 22. Let's look at the 28. Now by this time, Jesus, and you notice that before they went to the Mount of Olives to pray, we started that scripture from the verse 39. Now we are going back. That is before the Mount of Olives. Look at what happened there. Jesus was with disciples. Amen. And he said, you are those who have stood by me in my trials. So Jesus was commending them. He was about to reward them. He was appreciating them. Hallelujah. You are those who have stood with me. And so Pastor Chris is saying that you here are the ones who have stood with me. This is first day of overflow and you are here. That's what Jesus was saying. Let's go to the verse 29. And I confer on you a kingdom just as my father conferred on me. So Jesus was sharing his kingdom and inheritance with them. These are people who are with Jesus. Let's look at the verse 30. So that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Verse 31. Now watch. All of a sudden, Jesus was talking about sharing 
uh, inheritance and them eating with him on his table. All of a sudden, the prophetic opened. And then he called Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you all as wheat. So whilst the blessing is coming close, evil is coming closer. I, I am backing my statement with scripture. I'm preaching scripture. Hallelujah. Jesus, all of us, he said, I confer kingdom on you. And you will eat with me. And I'll fellowship with you. All of a sudden, he says, Simon, Simon, Satan is working behind the scenes. Behind the scenes. So whilst you are praying for, 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 for prosperity and you are looking for to be wedded and you are getting pregnant and you are doing stuff, the devil is busy. You will not see him with your eyes. But he's at work. He's at work behind the scenes. That's the reason why you must arise and be prayerful. That's your faith, but I have prayed for you. So the, the counter attack to the missile, to the devil, is your prayer. That one. He is seeking to sift you. He wants to make sure that you do not complete your university. He wants you dropped out. He wants you to get pregnant before you get married. He wants somebody to stab you. He wants somebody to undermine you, but I have prayed for you. And your prayer, in your prayer, God will tell you, this person, don't go here. Do this. When you are prayerful, God speaks to you. Ask your neighbor, are you listening? Are you, are you listening? Ask your neighbor, what, what are you learning so far? Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Let's look at the test case. Let's look at the test case. In Matthew chapter 13. I'll do 24 to 28. This is a test case and then we will start into ministration. Jesus told them, and, and them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sold good seeds in his field. In other words, the man has planted good stuff. He has worked hard. He has done everything true, straight, and clean. This is what the man has done. Verse, next verse. But whilst everyone was sleeping, his enemy came. So prayerlessness allows the enemy to come in. Whilst you are sleeping and you are busy watching Korean movies, which you don't understand, but you are forcing yourself to understand. But when you open the Bible, then you are yawning. <laughs> But Korean movies, you are awake and alert. <laughs> but whilst everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So whilst you are busy not praying, the enemy is laying the destructive landmines. He's at work. Breaking your leg, destroying your foundations. So by the time you think you are ready to fly, your legs are already caught. Praise the Lord. Verse 27. The only servant came to him and said, Sir, 
didn't you sow good seeds in your field? Where then did this come from? Did you not sow good seeds? Were you not in church? Were you not in the choir? Were you not part of the praying team? Were you not serving Mama Gloria and Apostle Chris? Were you not paying your tithe? When you do all that, you need to back it up with prayer. Whilst men slept, their harvest was affected. The next, the next verse. Let's go to the next verse. 29. No, he answered, because whilst you are pulling the weeds, you may also, so, so you see, whilst you are asleep, the enemy is at work. And we read in Proverbs that there are people who do not sleep until, let me ask you a question. When somebody is desperate for an answer, who is not a believer like you and I, and they won't answer, where do they go? They go to the other side. Let's say, for instance, a woman who is believing for, uh, uh, looking for the fruit of the womb goes to a shrine and they, are, they perform rituals on them and they take seed. Which, of course, happens. True or false? It happens. Where do those people come from? Those children, where do they come from? Where do they come from? Are they human beings like you and I? So, you see, all these people are agents from the other side who have mixed up. That is the reason why when you are getting into the company of people, you need the signal of the Holy Spirit. Because you do not know who they are. These are the kind of people that are stabbing people and killing people and raping people anyhow. Because they are doing their father's bidding. They are doing their father's bidding. So you see them, you, you, you don't like short men like us. Oh, you, you like tall men with biceps and shoulders. Whether they are in church or they are not in church, you oh, you change them. You will change them. And, and there are young men who are short in the house. You don't like them. You are going outside for the thick, tall ones. And you do not know where they come from. Hello? You don't know where they came from. Hallelujah. You don't know where they came from. And so we have human beings on this earth that are not human beings. Let me say human. Let me say there are beings on this earth that are not human. So the fact that you see them like human beings doesn't mean they are human. When they were conceived, they weren't there. You don't know where they are coming from. I know a lady who was looking for the fruit of the womb. Went to see uh, a fake pastor. And the pastor showed her some boxes. About 12 boxes. He said, choose one. Choose one. And the one you choose is a person that you will conceive. Who is that person? He's in the box. But who is he? And that they have been born on this earth, they are handsome with curly hair. And they are, they, they, their skin is smooth. 
and their chest is broad. And you, the young man, who also like big front and big back, the, the, the devil is producing them for you. They like Coca-Cola shape. You are not praying to ask God. This Coca-Cola, is it Coke? Or is opium? You are just looking. No, no man after the flesh. No, no one after the flesh. And yet your knowledge of people is all flesh. Your knowledge of people is all flesh. When you know people after the spirit, you don't look at physical beauties and physical traits. You look at the spirit within and the spirit upon. I came here for them. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. 